0: Oh, grace to you and peace from our God and Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Well, dear friends, perhaps the most difficult thing for us to grasp in our Christian faith is that we are saved by grace rather than by our works. Indeed, in our whole culture here in these United States, we learn from a very early age still to work hard, don't we? And certainly there's nothing wrong with that part of our culture. In fact, the Bible says if you don't work, you don't eat, right? Working is fundamental to our society. It is our obligation to our Lord, but yet it keeps us from grasping the true faith at times. You say well why, <coughs> why is that well really it's because from a very early age we are trained to earn things of value, aren't they? Now, when you were a a little kid, perhaps you saw your mom and, and your dad working two, maybe even three jobs in order to keep a roof over your head. If you grew up on the family farm, you learned that farming involved working every single day, working hard. You saw that example in your parents. If you want something of value, you must earn it. And then you went away to the public school, right? And as you were sitting there in your second grade classroom, the the teacher came by and filled in your test for you, right? No, that wasn't what happened, was it?
1: You learned
0: in school that if you wanted good grades, you must study. You must apply yourself. You must be prepared for the test. You must work hard. And then perhaps you moved out into the real world and you found it was a little bit more difficult than when you lived at home. When you slept through your alarm, your dad was no longer there to grab your ankle and shake your leg and say, son, get up. Members of your family were no longer there to cover for your mistakes or or to help you too. Get through your life. Now you slept through your alarm and the boss docked you a day's wages. Maybe he even threatened to fire you. Maybe you you lost your job. You had a, a black mark put on your record. You made one little mistake and it altered the course of your life. You learned that if you were to get ahead, it would be the result of superior, sustained performance over time. That you must be the best day in and day out, every single day, every task at your job must be fulfilled to the utmost of your abilities. You must work hard in order to get ahead. Is it any wonder then that you and I come to the Christian faith and we believe we must apply these same principles? So, well, how do I get ahead in the Christian life? Oh, I, I know I have to go to church. Well, how do I get ahead in the Christian life? I, I must volunteer for some of the boards. I must serve on some of the committees. How do I get ahead in the Christian life? Well, I, I must serve others. I, I need to be out there helping people. See, how can I attain heaven? I must work really hard. Heaven sounds really nice. I better apply myself. I, I better work to the utmost of my ability. I better have sustained superior performance if I'm going to earn my way. And dear friends, aren't there a lot of people that maybe you know that are out there Earning their way, but what's the the problem with earning our way? Well, I'm I'm going to get to the main problem: is that we just can't do it? But one of one of the the more minor problems is perhaps that we can never be real with other people, right? Because if I'm trying to earn my way to heaven, if I'm trying to you know have sustained superior performance, if I'm you know trying to you know do my best all the time and then you you come to me i'm not going to really want to be truthful am i right you're, you're going to say how how is your day and, oh my day is wonderful praise the lord how how is your life oh my life is so perfect thanks be to god I don't really want to share with you what some of the deeper truths might be. How is your family, oh, my, my oldest son is the engineer, you know, and my second oldest son is serving the Peace Corps in Japan, you know, and my third son is playing NFL football, and my fourth one is gonna follow in their footsteps, and praise God, my life is perfect. Right? Because I'm earning, my way. I, I don't want to be truthful with you. I don't want to tell you about one of, one of my kids is maybe becoming a, a black sheep in the family. I don't want to tell you about any you know uh, people in my family that are going astray. I, I don't want to tell you with real challenges that I'm going through because then I don't really seem to be earning my place, do I? I, I can't really be honest. And that's that's a problem, isn't it? Because if my life the way that I kind of portrayed it earlier, what was really true, then you don't really want to come in and share any problems with me, do you? Uh, if If you're having a bad day and things aren't exactly perfect, and one of your kids ha- have gone astray, you don't want to go to the guy who's you know first son is an engineer and his second son is in the peace Corps and his third son's playing n f l football right because you, you don't maybe want to open yourself up to that because he might just say, "Well, praise the Lord, you know pull yourself up by your bootstraps and dig down deep, and you know just praise God." Wait, we don't want to go to those people, do we? When we're hurting, when we're down, when we have problems. And so that's the first thing. But the second thing is, you know, guess what? The Bible has said, you know, we all like sheep have gone astray. Each one of us to his own way. Right? That means everybody, we all have sinned. We all have fallen short. None of us can be earn our way, we just can't do it. I remember especially when I was growing up and I was in high school in my community, there were about 30,000 people that lived in the city at the time where I grew up. And the terrible thing was that one of the young people in the community had heard a sermon by his pastor the the sermon, of course, you know, concerning if your right hand offends you, cut it off. If you know your eye offends you, pluck it out. Right, because it's better to be able to enter heaven maimed, right than to to go to hell, you know, completely intact. And and you know those verses, right? Our Lord comes and and He gives us some hard verses at times. And that young man, hearing that the sermon, he went home and he turned on his dad's bandsaw and he cut off his own right hand. Right? Because he is gonna show people he can earn his way, right? Now, maybe we're not as extreme as that ever, but how often have you and I thought perhaps we could do it? You know, we can earn that salvation. You know, may maybe. Maybe Jesus needed to die for Kenny and Bob and Larry, but on that last day, I can be standing pretty strong. God will just open the gates. Oh, there's my servant, Joe. Who's going to have him come in? Oh, yeah, it's real arrogant when we speak it out loud, isn't it? But have, have you ever secretly kind of thought that way? And yet, dear friends, the Lord comes and he tells us that we all have sinned, we all have fallen short. No one is worthy of heaven. No one is gonna make it by themselves. We think of some of the great men and women of the Old Testament. Right? Some that, that maybe came close. Right? You think of that fellow, Job. Now, okay, can you imagine job has a farm and he has livestock and he you know interacts with his community, he has a big family right we're told that his children are grown and they gather together in each other's homes, right and so his kids are grown, they're out of the house. you know he's at least forty, probably right to have grown children living on their own. And so Job, at the age of 40, having lived this part of his life, God comes and says, behold, my servant Job, a man without sin. Job made it to to the age of 40 or 45 before he ever committed a sin. He's nearly perfect. And then, of course, when things begin to fall apart and, you know, things aren't going his way and he's having a lot of difficulty to overcome, you know, then he stands there among his friends and he says, you know what? If God would just come and meet with me, I'm sure we could straighten this out. And so what is he saying? Right, God just doesn't get it. Right, God just doesn't understand. He sins. Right, Job falls into sin. But he made it to to like 45 before that happened, right? No, Job couldn't make it. Even though he was perfect for 40 or 45 years, he still couldn't make it on his own. You think of somebody like John the Baptist.
1: Right, you know, John
0: the Baptist, his mom and dad, they they can't have children, but the Lord blesses them with little John. And from the beginning, you know, he's almost perfect. And the Lord calls him to go out to the wilderness and be on his own. And you know he's, he's eating locusts and wild honey for his diet. He's wearing just a, a robe of camel hair. And he has just a, a belt uh, around his waist. That, that's all he owns and, and he's okay. And he's not committing sin. And he, he's not saying, Lord, why have you put me here? Or, Lord, my life is so hard right? he's not complaining. And God himself selects John the Baptist to baptize Jesus our Lord. Can can you imagine? He had to be the leading person of his generation at least, right, to be able to have Jesus come to him and to baptize our Lord and Savior. He's making the way for Jesus and he's in the ministry every day and all the people from Jerusalem are coming to him and and he has this great outreach and everything is so good until he's arrested. And there he's languishing in prison. And and, things aren't going his way any longer. People aren't chanting his name anymore. And, and he doesn't know what's happening. He goes to his disciples and he says, hey, go to Jesus and say to him, are you the one who is to come or should we look for somebody else? Right, John the Baptist doubt enters his heart. He commits sin. He's fallen short. See when we put it in that perspective, I I think you you and I you know in our own minds at least you know we we agree and say I, I, I'm not Joe. I I didn't make it to forty five without sinning, right. It didn't happen. I, I'm not John the Baptist. No, I I didn't lead the, the the perfect you know youth and and teenage years out in the the wilderness just eating locusts and wild honey. There was sin. No, we all have sinned. We all have fallen short. We can't earn our way because we failed already. But Sometimes we we just don't get that. You you might now be wondering, what about those hard (coughs) sayings in the Bible? Why why would Jesus even say, if you want to earn your salvation, you need to cut off your hand? Why do he even say that? If you want to earn your salvation, you've got to pluck out your eye. He also said, if you want to earn your salvation, you need to leave behind your mom and dad. And, and you know, come and follow me. And he said, well, well, doesn't that contradict the commandment? I'm supposed to honor my, my father and my mother. How can I honor my father and my mother if I just am supposed to leave them behind? I, I don't even get it. I'm so confused. Why are those things? There, you might be asking. And dear friends, really, those sayings are there in order for us to be driven to the point where we would say, I can't do it. I can't do it. Now, unlike the young man that I mentioned earlier, you you and I here today, if if you know you, you heard the the word that said, you know, if you want to make it to heaven, you need to go home and cut off your hand, right? Okay, I I, I go home and I, I I I fire up the saw and that blade is spinning and I'm looking at my hand and I'm saying, sorry, Lord, I can't do it, right? That would be a, a normal human response, wouldn't it? I can not do it. Yeah, You're looking in the mirror and you have both of your eyes and you say, you've got to pluck out one of your eyes if you want to make it into heaven again. You would say, oh, this is, I guess I'm not going, right? The normal re- response coming into contact with these hard sayings of Jesus would be, I can do it make it. I can't do those things. I guess guess I'm not going. Lord, I can't do it. And, And dear friends, that is exactly where Jesus wants us to be that you and I would fall on our knees at the feet of our Savior, that you and I, we would call out to him, and we would say, I I just can't make it. I'm not able to always follow your commands. I break some at times. I'm not able to do the hard things. There's times I should have stood for you and I, I didn't and I faltered. There's times I wanted to fit in with the crowd and I, I just kind of gossiped along with everybody else. There's times that, that I, I just blatantly decided to go and sin and I knew the thing I was doing was wrong and I did it anyway. Lord, I have failed. I have sinned. I've fallen short. I can't make it on my own. Lord, help and dear friends, that is exactly where God begins to smile, I, I think. Where, where God says, you know, you, you finally got it. You can't earn it. Right? You, you can't save up a, a, enough money in the bank to buy it. You, you can't work hard enough with your sweat and, and tears to make it. You need a savior. And dear friends, that is exactly what Jesus does for us, isn't it? No, really, just the the day-to-day life with Jesus is so incredible in that our sins are forgiven.
1: No, you and
0: I at any moment in time, especially on Sunday morning, we can come to the church and we can confess our sins and God who is faithful and just will forgive our sins and he cleanses us from all unrighteousness. That means that the guilt doesn't have to build up in your mind over time. Again, yeah, just try to imagine what your life would be like if you did not have Forgiveness. You know, you're, you're going about your daily routine and you say, oh man, when I was seven and I broke the plate and I lied to my mom about it, that's where things started to go bad, you know? And then when I was, was eight, I, I took my dad's watch to school to show it off to the, the guys, but I dropped it and I broke the crystal. I never told him about that one, you know? And then things just kind of start to snowball from there, right?
1: and we'd have our many
0: sins always before us never having anything forgiven can you imagine the weight of guilt that would encumber you if when you're going about your daily life you were recalling everything you ever did that was wrong that was never forgiven because you lied about it you never told someone about it you deceived other people about it and that just lingers inside. But dear friends, for us as Christians, we can confess our sins at any moment, especially on Sunday morning. We can be cleansed from that unrighteousness. We can begin anew, can't we? You can go out there Monday morning and start the week fresh. You don't have to worry about what happened last week. You don't have to worry about when you were seven and you broke the plate. You don't have to worry about when you're in in your your teens or, or your your 20s and and, and you're drinking it and taking drugs and, and abusing other people. You can be forgiven. And with that wonderful forgiveness, we can be brand new again. We can face tomorrow. We can go back into our world. We can be God's children. The, the second great thing about you know, God is that when Jesus died for our sin, it opened the way to heaven for everyone who believes. I don't know if you, you studied your Bible in, in detail or ever come to the realization, but when people in the Old Testament died, they went to be with Father Abraham. See? No, yeah, they went to a nice place. But the Bible is always talking about being with Father Abraham. And so, yeah, some of my friends and neighbors are, are there. And yeah, Father Abraham is kind of a cool guy and I, I like to hang out with him. But, you yeah, know, I, I, I'm so glad that, As a Christian, I'm gonna go home to heaven. I'm gonna get to be with God, right? I'm gonna get to run run in the throne room. If I want to, I can jump up on his knee and I can tug on God's beard and I can whisper in his (coughs) ear because he calls me his son. We are his children. Before Jesus died, I get to be with Father Abraham. <coughs> it's in a nice place, but that was all. Now that Jesus has died for my sin, I get to be with God. Yeah, Father Abraham's probably going to be there too, right? But it's something even better, something even more special. I get to know God in a personal way. And it all comes from knowing we need help. Again, in our current generation, you know, many of us were were kind of raised to be independent, weren't we? And for a a, a lot of us, the last thing we ever want to do is ask for help. It it maybe just kind of sticks in, in, in your voice box. No, I'm I'm going to go. You know, today I'm going to go on the internet. And I'm going to find the answer. I'm not going to, you know, if I have to ask anybody for help. I'm going to, I can find it. I can do it. I can make it through this. Isn't that kind of how we are, right? And the Lord longs for us to come to that place where we can say, "Lord, help me." Lord, I can't do it. Lord, I need someone to. Get me through this. Lord, where can I go? And our God and Father, he says, my son. I sent my son to die for your sin. He is the one that can get you into heaven. He is the one that can make your life whole again. He is the one that can cleanse you from all unrighteousness. He is the one that can lift you up again when you're down. He is the one that made the way open to heaven. He took spikes through his hands, through his feet, to show his love for you. He loves you so much. Dear friends, God longs for each of us to come to that place where we can say, I have sinned. I have fallen short. I need help. Because then Jesus rushes in, doesn't he? Our Lord and Savior lifts us up in his strong arms once again. He forgives all of our sin. He cleanses us inside. He makes us new once more. He sets our feet upon the solid rock. He walks with us. He leads us home. Amen. Amen, may the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be in your hearts and minds now and always. Amen.